beautiful people to none other than the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast i am your host the underground king serge vicente and this is episode 175 man yo i don't know what it is yo 175 feels like something it feels like a big number but now nah, we just got another episode <laughs> granted it's a fun one. It's a great episode. Today, I am joined by the guru, Brandon Camille. He's going to join me on today's episode. We are going to talk about all things boxing. Now, granted, we talk about UFC 2 or 246 at the end a little bit, but in essence, all things boxing. We're going to talk about the heavyweight, the greatest heavyweight fight of this era. We're also going to go ahead and talk about Mayweather. Is he coming back? We'll talk about the fights from this past weekend, what's upcoming, and so much more, man. But before we get to that, remember, give a shout out to our sponsors. Each and every week, we are brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT, and you will get 10% off not one, not two, but your first three months. Also. I know you've been paying attention. I know you love what you've been hearing. Let everybody else know. Let your friends, let your family, let all your combat sports and culture enthusiasts know where to find the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. That's everywhere podcasts are available iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can also check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Follow us on social media at The Fight Podcast. Also follow me at Serge Vicente. Oh, that was a mouthful, man. All right. Let's go pause. Ooh, that's not rough. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Uh, yo, great episode today. A lot of fun. I really, really, really enjoy doing these. Uh, Brandon's a lot of fun, man. He has so much knowledge in terms of boxing, and he is a super fan as I am. And uh, it's always a great time to have him join me right here on the Fight Podcast. So enjoy my conversation with the guru, Brandon Camille, on episode 175 of the Fight Podcast. Enjoy. Yo, Brandon, 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 brother, welcome to another episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe, the Fight Podcast, man, what it do, bro? Everything is everything. How are you today? Man, you know me, man, out here living the life, trying to oh, make man, it happen, always. man. How's it up there in, uh, in young Boston? You know, we've, we've been all right in terms of weather, but it's about to get cold for a few days, so I'm not too excited about that. But, you know, I live in Boston, so I can't complain too much. I was in D.C. a lot of this week. Oh, yeah, I saw that, man. Out there getting your hub spot on. Yeah, man, uh, doing a little recruiting, uh, trying to get this HBCU pipeline right. Do it for the culture. There it is, man. You know what? I'm not going to stunt, man. That is one of the things. Man, I got, I was, I got accepted to Morehouse. I got accepted to Morehouse, man, and I ended up going to Illinois State. I, I wish I went to HBCU all the time, um, but Morehouse didn't give me money, and Illinois State did. I mean, yeah. I mean, you always got to make the right financial decision, but that HBCU culture is very, very different. Uh, something I'm super happy, a Florida A&M graduate, uh, that I got to be a part of. Super fortunate that I got to be a part of. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it changes you, but it's for the better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, man, dad, granddad, great granddad all went to Morehouse. The grandmother went to Spelman. Look, man, I, I understand the life. Uh, yeah, man. So what else we got going on? What, what we got to talk about today? Well, check it out, man. On today's menu, there, there's a number of things we got to talk about, man. There, there, we have to talk about this past weekend's card uh, with Jaime Munguia and uh, the dude with the glorious mustache. We definitely going to touch on that. Uh, we got to talk about your boy, the bronze bomber, Tyson Fury. That's coming up. We're going to run through that, man, and so much more on the episode man so without further ado you know what man let's just go ahead and jump into this episode Jaime, in, we here we here bro Jaime Munguia Boo. your boy your favorite Boo. fighter of all time uh, <laughs> uh he went out there and fought Jack O'Sullivan with the glorious mustache ends up getting a 11th round they end up calling it an 11th round uh TKO uh Sullivan ended up essentially quitting in the corner uh but Still got a stoppage victory, man. Brandon, are you impressed? And more importantly, 
Jaime Mugia felt real spicy at the end of the way, and he, he went out and called out the big dogs. He says, I want Canelo, I want Triple G, and I want the Charlos. Bro, what'd you think about that? Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not here for Serge's accent. So, you know, if anybody's offended by that, you know, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, but um, I, know, I can do that I want. <laughs> but um, am I impressed? That's the first question. That was. Yes, sir. No. Easy. I'm not impressed. So Spike O'Sullivan is somebody who's been knocked out at the, t- at the top level. He got knocked out in the first round by David Lemieux. And I know styles make fights, but if you watch the fight, Spike O'Sullivan or Gary O'Sullivan, he was ready to go for a long time. And Jaime Munguia, he's not considered anything else outside of a power puncher. He's not considered the best boxer. He's not considered the best mover. He may be a, a good body puncher, but he's considered a puncher only because of what he did when he fought um, when he fought Saddam Ali. And I can't remember if that was at 147 or if that was at 154, but it was at a, it was at a lighter weight class. Since that fight, he to me, he hasn't showcased that type of power. Like he would just came in and blew out Saddam Ali, who was hot off of that win against Miguel Cotto. But since that fight, I haven't seen that type of scary power. After that Saddam Ali fight, he fought Liam Smith, the brother of Callum Smith. Liam Smith has always been sort of a gatekeeper type of type of fighter. Canelo beat him a little bit earlier in his career. And I felt Liam Smith exposed him. He really exposed him, but he didn't have the power he, to, to really hurt him. So, and he, and he hasn't, and since that fight, Look at his look at his record. Look at the guys he's fought. His promoters know that he got exposed in that fight. So he fought Saddam Ali. Then he fought Liam Smith. Since then, Brandon Cook, Takashi Inoue, Dennis Hogan, Patrick, uh, Patrick uh, Aloidi, uh, and, and Gary O'Sullivan. The, these are not top level guys. And he had a belt. He had a major, major belt before he moved up to middleweight. So his promoters know that he's been exposed. His promoters know that if he gets to that top level, if he takes on the guys that he's calling out, the Canellos, the Triple Gs of the world, he get his little ass beat. Are you? He can call out these guys. Charlo knocks his face off. Charlo knocks him out and, within the first three rounds. Any of these guys. Yeah. And any of these guys. So, I mean, he doesn't have the skill to keep up with them. No. I don't think his power is as real as they try to bill it, bill it as. And his boxing ability in terms of an, at the elite level is average at best. Yes, he has some reach, but come on now. He's not with the elite level elite level of the middleweight division. Not right now, at least. And he never will be. And his promoters are protecting him as long as it, as long as they can. He can keep, you know, asking for these big guys at the end of at the end of fights. And but if a Triple G comes along, I think that's a great fight for Triple G right now, who's looking to get back on the back on the right track after uh, Derevchenko exposed him a little bit or made him look a bit old. I think this would be a great fight for Triple G. They're both both with his own. But Triple G, can he still make the 100, 160 pounds? I'm not sure. But I think a guy like that should go after this fighting. I think he was spark. Um, knock him out. Easy. Easy. Light work. I don't think Jaime Munguia is that good. He is the definition of a hype job. So, no, I'm not impressed. Spy- Gary O'Sullivan was ready to go for a long time before he actually kn- knocked him out. And, you know, Gary O'Sullivan is, to me, is not that good. So, there's nothing to be impressed of. But, you know, if you want to see a, a cool stoppage, cool. Some good body punching early on. But before Gary, uh, Spike O'Sullivan got tired later in the fight, he was in the fight the first six rounds. Absolutely. So, so I mean, and then he just got tired. He's 35 years old, and he's not that good to begin with. But nothing about Jaime Mangia um, impresses me. I think he's a hype job that's you know still living on that uh, Saddam Ali win. And you know, I don't blame him. Make make your money, but you keep calling out these big guys. You know, you keep knocking on the devil's door. One of these days, somebody gonna answer. All right. Well, that was a lot. Uh, good stuff. Um, well, that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, <laughs> yo, no, nah, man, look, I'm with you, man. Um, I, and I understand how you feel about dude. You absolutely don't like, yo, off camera, like, yo, this dude does not like Jaime Munguia. Never has, never will. I swear. You dislike this dude so bad. He's not as bad as you make him sound. He's not. I like, I like his activity. Bro, he is nowhere near as bad. You make him sound like he is an absolute scrub. Come on, man. Like, look, was I impressed? No, no, I'm not impressed. I, I Gary O'Sullivan, Spike O'Sullivan, whatever the hell his name is, um, 
he is a the definition of a journeyman. He's somebody that is put up there for you to kick their ass. He's meant to to look good on. And uh, the the fact that you brought up uh, Lemieux and getting that quick knockout of him, that is exactly what I was expecting in this fight. Uh, the fact that it actually went 11 rounds to me was actually surprising. Um, no, man, he's not ready for those guys. I actually, I don't believe that. I think he needs to get his weight in order, and I don't know. I think he needs to stay at 54. I don't believe that. Um, no, he, he's gone. That was his fight, I, the first fight at 160. I, it, okay, so let me finish. Let me talk. Like I said, I think he needs to get his ass back in shape and drop down. I don't think he has the power to really do anything to the guys at 160. I think he needs to stay away from him. I think he should stay at 54. Um, if you can't get Jack O'Sullivan out there, you're not going to be able to do anything with the best guys. Yeah, I, I think I, he's just young, so he's growing. I don't think that there's any way he gets back down to 54. Or maybe and, he needs to stop, you know, because he look, he don't look rocked up. He's soft. So if his he, ass but gets he's, in he's shape, huge, though. He's a big I, guy. But, but, he, but he obviously doesn't have the power at that weight. And if he doesn't have power at that weight with everybody at the top of that division that has so much power, you're not going. And here's the thing. Not only do all those those top three guys have power, those top three guys can all take a shot. So the fact that they can all take a shot, they're they're not going to be afraid of him. I, I think he needs to stay with the guys at 54. I think he needs to get his nutrition, his diet in order. Maybe call Sage Eats. I don't know. Who knows? But what he needs to go out there and he needs to make <gasps> sure you like that, right? Uh, <laughs> he he needs to get himself in shape. He he's he's soft. Yes, he's a big kid, but he's he's smooth. My, my dude looks like a seal. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, I, I would like to see a David Lemieux fight. I think that's, David that's Lemieux, a good fight. Lemieux knocks him out. That, that's a good fight, and I agree with you too. There's good fights for him because he's a name, but any of the good fights for him, I don't see him winning. Yeah, I think we're in agreement here, man. I think uh, Mungia is a talent. Um, I expected more at one point in time. I thought he was going to be somebody that was going to be a legitimate superstar. Um, and I'm with you. And, yeah, and I, and I just look at it, and it's just like. I, I think I think and I understand you we're, we're just disappointed in what we've seen to this point he's very young he can grow he can adapt but at, at this point in time I'm just not seeing it um, all right what you want one, one last point I'm just saying if, if you take away the Saddam Ali win then he's just you know we're not even speaking about him facts very yeah facts uh, all right it is almost here it is it, it's so close I can feel it. The biggest heavyweight fight of our generation. The rematch. It, no, it is. Think about it. This is the biggest heavyweight fight of our generation. These no, are I'm, the I'm, two. This is A1 or 1A and 1B. Definitely. The rematch. The first fight was a draw. It can't get bigger than this. February 22nd. Hurry up. Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury, Uncle Al versus Old Man Bob. Yo, th- this is this this is this is what you want. This is what makes boxing so fucking exciting. Press conferences this week. There were some moments. There was a lot of respect. There was a lot of jabs. But all in all, man. How did you feel? Who won that press conference? And what's your excitement on this fight? I definitely believe Deontay Wilder won that press conference. Tyson Fury came through a bit more reserved. And oddly enough, Deontay Wilder seemed to get under his skin. That's that's yeah, not the way I, I dude, think, I I think things would have went. Like, but, you know, um, everything Deontay said to him, you it's just like looking at his body language. Hey, and I'll be honest with you. Do you think it could be something along the lines of, yo, man. A, the lot is changing with Tyson's camp. I, I'm not sure. Maybe he didn't expect that, but I don't know why he wouldn't expect that. And I mean, maybe he wasn't in his normal Tyson Fury mode trying to sell the fight. He said this is the first fight ever that he doesn't have to sell. And that's very, very true. This is already the biggest heavyweight fight of our generation. But he he seemed to just be a little bit bothered by the things Deontay Wilder was saying, as if Deontay Wilder is supposed to say anything else besides I'm going to knock you out. Yo, like, yeah, it did seem like every time Deontay Wilder was like, 
bruh, like, I, I seen what you do. I've been in there with you. I've dropped you twice. All I'm going to do is do it again. And this time you ain't going to get up. And every time he said it, he just kept on jumping up and down. And it really seemed like, which surprised me uh, for Tyson Fury, man. Um, I also noticed with this one, man, which for me, I don't know if it was weird or not. But... I mean, he's just selling the fight. Tyson Fury saying he's going to touch him up and knock him out in two rounds. Come on, man. Like, you just fought two bums. You you damn near lost to one of them. What's up? Like, I know that's what you got to say, but come on, son. I thought Deontay Wilder was just really funny. He was. he was. And, I, and I, I wrote down a couple of things that he said that I, I thought were pretty funny. I mean, there weren't like Chris Rock, but I mean, for Deontay <laughs> Wilder, he said... uh. He said, the man has no belts aside from the one that holds his pants up. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a big hater on this whole lineal champ thing. So that was hilarious to me. What, you don't um, like the lineal championship? Nah, G. Nope. Hey, man, he's the man who beat the man who beat the man. Yeah, he's the man who lost the belts as well. He gave him up, man, because he was on drugs. <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Shout out to Rick James. But, I mean, it has no place in boxing. And, I mean, part of being the champion is keeping those belts. I mean, you Facts. have to live a certain lifestyle. And unfortunately, he fell victim to depression, which um, fortunately he's been able to beat and come back from and, you know, make a great account of himself, whether he wins or loses this fight on February 22nd. So and, and I never want that to get lost in all of this. However, I, I think just Deontay Wilder has some great one liners. A couple of other ones that he said, jumping, um, off the top rope. Said, jumping off the top rope, he said <laughs> he's doing WWE now. I'm going to knock his ass out the ring and jump off the top rope and land an elbow. <laughs> and, <laughs> Bro, I was howling. It's it's not that funny by itself until you start to think about Deontay Wilder jumping off the top rope. Yo, any of these big six, seven gorillas jumping off the top rope and kicking Tyson Fury in his chest, fam, that cracks me up. Like, yo, that, hey, and I'm not gonna start Tyson Fury hitting him, calling him with, calling him noodle legs. That's always funny. Come on, man. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a nice little jab. Another one Wilder had. I thought it, I thought it was funny. One of the things they do in track and field is, especially specifically for hurdlers, they make sure they're their logos and endorsements are on their feet. So when they get them going over the hurdle, that's that's what comes up on the camera. That's fine. Deontay, Deontay Wilder was like, well, I know, I, we doing endorsements too. You better get him on his feet because he's going to be on his ass. That's hilarious. <laughs> that Dude, is funny. That's great. Did you you run, did you run track? Yeah, I did run track. Well, what 400 events? Hurdles. 400 hurdles. Woo, that's a yeah. man's race. Yeah, that's a race. Oh, man. Yeah, have, have fun. I'm all state, baby. Ooh, okay. Yo, two high school All-State athletes in this bitch. Yeah, yeah. You, you kept going. I retired. <laughs> man. Yo, hey, uh, I got washed early. Hey, man, what, what was your... Uh, did, you, did you run in college? I did not run in college, no. What's your What's your best four? 400. My best split was uh, 49.5. Ooh, that boy was moving. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like... I, I would say, like... Everybody that can say they were they were good, like probably broke 50 seconds in high school. But I mean, there were definitely kids running like way faster than that. I was a, I was a 400 hurdler at heart. Man, hey, yo, 400 hurdles is man. He's a, he get he got his Edwin Moses on people. Yo, look at you, some history. Come on, son. Some history. <laughs> cool. We talking about the Morehouse alum. You know I know about Morehouse, man. Yes, sir. Edward Moses was a monster for a very. I think he went ten years going undefeated. And I believe he's. he's I believe he's a bro. Ooh, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not. I, I, I believe think he, he is. I believe he's one of us. For all those look, look. of us who don't know, when I say one of us, I'm talking about a member of the greatest fraternity in the world, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Hmm. Randy, would you agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. The first and the greatest. It might as well be the only one that exists. All these uh, founder, Founders Day is coming up, but I mean... All right, wait, question. This is totally off topic, but it still has to deal with fighting. Lil Boosie. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it. I knew it. If that was you and Lil Boosie was out there rocking your letters, sir... How would you handle the situation? And, and, for, and for our listeners, because some people might not know of the... Do you want to really quick break this down? Yeah. So, and I'll try my best. This is a really convoluted situation. But <laughs> for whatever reason... Okay, so the Kappas <laughs> and plenty of other fraternities and sororities have abused the song White Me Down. White Me Down. For 
strolls and party stepping for the past 10, 15 years, however Wait, long the really song quick, has been can out. Can I say I've never strolled to that song? Cause neither, neither have I. Yeah, because that's, 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 that's weak. But it's cool. It's, it's whatever. So yeah, cool, cool song. Pretty regular stroll song. People, people dance. The, the, for our people who did not experience Greek life, the Greeks dance to it when it comes on. That's probably the most simple way to put it. And so, little Boosie decides to wear uh, paraphernalia of the Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, which, if you are not a member of that fraternity, is a huge, huge no-no. It's it, it's essentially like you know me not being a blood and going out there claiming claiming blood. Like I'm gonna get my ass beat. Cool. So Lil Boosie did this at maybe a basketball game. It was like a very publicized event and it went viral on social media. And then not only that, Boosie doubles down on this and makes a bunch of videos that he's going to continue wearing. He's trying to learn to stroll. He's basically trolling the Kappas who, you know, uh, depending on depending on how close to college you were. I think that makes it that matters, like how much you uh, cared about the situation, because I knew for good and well, like any Kappa probably more than three years removed from college really didn't give a fuck like they're just but like you know people are making a big deal out of it and more than anything it's more of an opportunity for us fraternities who have friendly competition amongst each other oh, to, to troll giggle the at each other. absolutely absolutely but now here little story right little story time from up uh, from surge from the underground king uh bruh at one point in time I, I'm, I'm in college has to be junior year or so all of a sudden, young lady shoot hits my line, calls my phone, and says, "Hey, Serge, do you guys happen to have a white guy in your chapter?" Huh? No, Alpha Five Turn Incorporated is a historically black uh, fraternity. So is Cap Alpha Psi. All but for the people who are for people in the back who don't know, I find it so hard explaining this to an audience who may have no context. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing, so. I get a call, and I'm like, no, that's not the case. They're like, well, he's in my class now. I call up a frat brother of mine. Hey, man, have you heard about this? Somebody just called my line. I walked into the lecture hall. 250 or so people in this lecture hall. Sitting right in the middle is this dude. Rocking our letters, chilling. Like how? He, He said he found it in the house somewhere. Okay. So Yeah, that's what he said. Don't know how he got it. I don't know if he stole it or not, but in the middle of the lecture hall, and I came in halfway in the class. I said, hey, man, I need you to come up out your shirt. He was like, but I don't have anything on up under, and it's cold. I I, I generally don't care. I need you to take off your shirt. He gave me the, the sweatshirt. He had a very small shirt up under it. It was cold outside. I thanked the class. I thanked the, the instructor, and I went on by my merry day. Thug life. <laughs> that's, how Serge, that's what South Surge was living in college. <laughs> how would I have? How would I have handled it? Nah, I, in I college, that's how I would have handled it. That's how I did handle it. But but today we have a little bit more of a thought process. But Sergio, he's, he's always a fighter. I mean, it, it don't take too much. I, look, you know, actually, it does. I'm chill. Cause I've been, I've got my ass kicked. <laughs> I do not know what it's like. Um, I, I look as of right now, if that happened, I think it's hilarious. Um, I'm not gonna stunt. Would I like little boot? I, I would take it. I would still take it off of him, but I, I'd be cool about it. I'd be like, come on, dog. Like, nah. I don't know if there's any cool way to be about it, cause Boosie he he come with his goons. That the, well, all right. Well, that's what we look, man. I, I just don't put myself in those situations anymore. Okay. <laughs> I would I would just looked at him and hey, you're you're not an alpha. It's cool that you like to be an alpha, but hey, you're not an alpha. I I've, at Alpha Phi Alpha, every every fraternity and sorority sort of have their uh, stereotypes, and Alpha Phi Alpha is known for being the smart guys. And I'd like to think that we would just really be above that in most situations. It's like like hey, cool, you know, hope you stay out of jail. Have a great life. Have a good one. <laughs> hey, man. Well, look, hilarious. Little Boosie was out there, didn't give a damn. They was out there scrapping. But, hey, a lot of still good fights coming up. I can't wait to see <laughs> Wilder versus Fury and Little Boosie versus all the Kappas. <laughs> all right, man. Um, check it out. Speaking of little guys who wear very interesting clothing, 
Floyd Mayweather says he is coming back. Do you believe him? Yes. You do? Yes, I do. I think he's coming back 100%. 100%. Do you think he's going to fight somebody in the top three in the, in the, in the division? Do you think he's going to fight a Crawford, a Spence? Yeah, okay, so there are only three belt holders right now, one of which is Manny Pacquiao. Would it was you a consider trick him? question. Okay. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out if you considered Pacquiao in the top three or no, not. No, Manny Pacquiao is definitely not the top three of that weight class, but he has a belt. Okay, if Manny Pacquiao is not top three in that weight class, then who is? I, uh, I, 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 me personally, I think Danny Garcia beats Manny Pacquiao. I think that's a big reason why Manny Pacquiao didn't want that I smoke. Take should have saved that for later in the show. Oh man, and I know, man, <laughs> I, I do though. I think that Danny Garcia is better. Danny Garcia knocks him out. Danny Garcia, Danny Garcia knocks out Manny Pacquiao with that look away left hook. Uh, he, he might get knocked out before that with that same. I, I don't see it. Thurman down the first round. I, I, I'm not saying. I, I think it's a that'd be a great fight, and it is a fight that Danny Garcia is, has been very vocal about wanting. So we might get to actually see that happen this year, which I think would be amazing. Yeah. But okay, and let's sh- say Manny Pacquiao and, and Sean Porter is also better. I think the only I think he fights Manny Pacquiao and I think he takes another one of them UFC fights, uh, some type of two fight, two fight thing, maybe a, a third somehow. But the fact that Dana White posted when he said he was coming out of retirement, that makes me feel as though something legitimate is going to happen. One of those cross uh, cross uh, sport events hmm. and some type of fight against Manny Pacquiao. And I've heard a bunch of hot takes and theories about Manny Pacquiao, about how to set Pacquiao up for this fight. Like one, one, one I heard was that make Pacquiao fight a, uh, Mikey Garcia. A fight, in, a fight in which... He doesn't get through Mikey Garcia either. Did you, do you think he... Why? I, at at I, 147? I, you know what? You know what? At 147, I think that is a very interesting fight. Mikey Basically. Garcia versus Manny Pacquiao right now. Manny Pacquiao, because here's the thing. that At that weight, Mikey can cook. Because it's not like an Errol Spence who is just a physically bigger guy. Manny Pacquiao isn't just a bit. He's not a bigger guy. I think that's two guys that are roughly around the same size. The theory that I heard was that if Manny can get past a guy like Mikey Garcia or some type of like relatively big, not necessarily super fight. So Mikey Garcia, really Danny, uh, Danny Garcia, one of those guys, Sean Porter and Pacquiao doesn't seem like it's going to happen. If he can get past one of those guys, it would put him on in a position in terms of the pound for pound lift list to be ripe for another fight with Floyd and for the fight to make a ton of money. That's that's where I was going with that. I don't know if it was clear at first, but yeah. So one one fight for Pacquiao where he can really max out his um, his star power, and then a fight with Mayweather, and they cash out just one more time. I I, I see it happening. Um, I've I've heard enough and listened to enough and Twitter enough to buy into enough of what I've seen. Uh, I but no, no uh, so so okay so. I'm going to be honest with you. I've gone back and forth because part of me in a big chunk of me is like, why? Like, why would you do that? Why would you come back? Why would you? The only there's nothing positive that can happen. His legacy isn't going to look any better. He, he will still look at him in the same manner. Yes, he'll get money. That's cool. Whatever. But there's so many negatives especially if he goes out there because here's the thing father time is undefeated and i think that's why i always look at manny pacquiao like yeah you were able to get one out with key with uh with thurman but man any of these other guys bro now you're a year older you're getting deeper into your 40s so look it, it was he, getting dangerous with thurman like in it, that fight too it was it was so that's the thing for me when i'm looking at it against those top guys for mayweather or pacquiao mayweather i think will be able to last longer against those those guys uh, unlike pacquiao just strictly because of his defensive prowess right that's not going anywhere um, I think Floyd is still extremely sharp mentally. Um, he's obviously not taking that much damage in his career. I, I think if he really dedicates himself, yes. Could he be competitive? 1,000%. But is he going to beat Terrence Crawford? No. Is he going to beat Errol Spence Jr.? Errol Spence could have walked out there right out, out of that car and gone beat Floyd Mayweather. Like, dog, no, he can't beat him either. 
it is what an- it is. To answer your question of why, it's okay. Number is one, broke? Mon- money. Like he likes he likes making money. He likes living a certain lifestyle. So maybe he wants to say, hey, I, you know, I want to assure that I can live that lifestyle and never go broke, which I don't think he ever will any any uh, anyway. But I more so that. than that, Floyd is a child. And he is a proven attention whore, and he can't let it go. Can't let it. He can't let it go. He can't let it go. And it's it's that last one that always fucks you over. You always think you go get one more. That's when the that's when the cops come. That's when you get like we 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 done seen this movie a million times. He's he's ass needs to take some cues from all the gangster movies we've ever seen. He needs to take cues from every old school fighter we've ever seen. Fam, he comes back. They're going to give, dude, you're just, it's, you're, you're prolonging the inevitable. Stay 50, you know, it looks good. Look at that on the record. It looks beautiful. Let it be. And here's the thing. I, that also takes away from his actual job, which is manning, managing his fighter that can't stay on weight. I, I think it happens. I think it happens against Pacquiao. I, and I see Floyd winning that fight as well. I do too. I do so, too. I mean, but I hope he, if after that, then he's definitely done. I I think I think the chances of him doing an MMA event or a you know a cross Conor sport McGregor event. McGregor did say he wants to rematch with Floyd. Bro, why else would Dana White post about Floyd Mayweather coming out of retirement? I mean, I know. I, well, here's the thing: uh, Zufa Boxing is uh, is started, and they actually, I believe, just signed Mikey Garcia. No, Mikey Garcia signed a uh, one fight deal with the zone. He's going to okay. be fighting at Sergio, uh, not Sergio. Uh, he's going to be fighting. Why can't I remember his name? Uh, I know who you're talking about too. Damn. No, you're right. I know they were trying. They were in negotiations with him, but I know it's. They said they have some people, something in the works that they're about to 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 talk about. So we'll see. But look, I agree with you. I think he's gonna come back. Unfortunately, I hope he doesn't. I hope my instincts are wrong. Ugh, but man, I'm usually pretty. We're pretty right on these things, man. And when you're in the know, you're in the know. Uh, all right. I want to have a little bit of fun before we get out of here. It's the beginning of 2020. It's a, really, it's a little bit of a slow start, but it's about to just really start picking up. We got to get some bold predictions in here, man. And look, this is the best place to do it because it's the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. So look, Guru, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. What uh-huh. are your 2020 bold predictions? So my first bold prediction would be that the young guy out of Brooklyn, Chris Colbert, who will be fighting this Saturday on the undercard of J-Rock's, uh, J-Rock's first title defense, I think that he will be prospect of the year. That's my first uh, hot take or bold take uh, for 2020. My next bold take was probably a little bit more bold, just given that who it involves. And I think Billy Joe Saunders will beat Canelo Alvarez. Whoa! Yo, that is a bold prediction, dude! Billy Joe Saunders is, is apparently the leading candidate for that fight right now. I don't think he got up for his last fight, but I think he gets up for a fight with Canelo Alvarez. And we know Canelo Alvarez can tend to have trouble with people who are really good with movement, with Billy, which Billy Joe Saunders is. Uh, in, a, in that fight, at that weight, I think Billy Joe Saunders has an, has an advantage. And I'm not saying that Canelo won't have success, but I do think Billy Joe Saunders can find a way to sleep with the judges and win a decision against Canelo. Man, brother. You know what, though? I think you and I might have talked about that at some point in time before, but Billy Joe Saunders is a problem. If he's focused, if he's focused, he's a problem. Problem is a lot. Of, he 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 he's spacey. He's you know he's on that gypsy life. He's out there. Yeah, I think it's just like consistency. Like he he comes and fight once, and he goes, and he tests positive for something. It's it's like yeah, he needs he, to, to yeah. be a bit more consistent. His, I would love to see him with a different camp. Yeah, like that that may help. A more consistent. I mean, I really believe that fighters need to. I, look, I don't care how big you get. I don't care how, how much you fucking know. I, I feel like you, somebody needs to run your shit and help you. Like you can be a collaborator with it. I'm sure Tom Brady collaborated with Bill Belichick on game plans. But at the end of the day, Bill Belichick told that motherfucker what to do. Correct. And that's how Correct. I feel like it should be. Um, 
All right, those are your bold predictions. Those are probably my two bold bold predictions. If I wanted to, like, you know, say some other wild shit, I'd probably say that Josh Taylor goes undisputed and moves up and beats Terrence Crawford. Woo, man. All right. Okay. I, 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 I don't see that happening. He, he, he gets his ass torched by, by Terrence Crawford. That's just me answering the question to answer the question. I, I don't really believe that he would beat Terrence Crawford. So, uh, But I do think he, you know, he has a very good opportunity to uh, go undisputed in a, a very exciting 140-pound junior welterweight weight class. I, I agree, man. I agree. All right, man. So check it out. My bold predictions for 2020. Number one, Fat Albert himself, Andy Ruiz Jr., comes back ready, focused, in shape, proves that he's one of the top five heavyweights in the world, and drags Dillian Wyatt. Do we think that fight happens this year? Percentage-wise, I think that fight happens. I, I think, give me a percentage. I, think I, I give it. That's a seventy-five percent chance that happens. Yeah, I was up in the like 60s, 70s myself. Yeah, I, that that fight happens. Um, Eddie Hearn just came out said they just offered Eddie Ruiz uh, a boatload of cash to fight, dude. I think that fight happens, and I also believe that Eddie Ruiz is a genuinely extremely talented guy. I think this is an opportunity. We always love redemption stories. I think he was at the top of the world. I think he fell, but I think he has the skills to get back to the top. He's always had the skills. Um, I, I would love to see a redemption the story for Andy Ruiz Jr. That's my first one. I think that's an exciting fight as well. Dylan, Dylan White is a guy that's he, he's fought through his own adversity, Fact. come back from a loss, and he's you know fought a lot of tough fights. So I'd be really excited to see that That'd fight be a happen. Great fight. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Eddie Hearn said he wants that fight in London. It, it makes too much sense not to happen for both of their careers at this point. Because you know Dylan White, will he ever get a shot at Deontay Wilder? No. Yeah. But here's the thing. We I talked about this a little bit. He had that opportunity. He shit the bet. He said he didn't if he fought Luis Ortiz, he would have got that fight. But he said he didn't want to fight Luis Ortiz because he said Luis Ortiz doesn't speak English and then I can't go out there and I can't and I'd have to sell the fight myself. And then he went on and fought Pavekin. He fought that other Cuban that didn't speak no goddamn English and like three other people. So He fought Pavekin? Yeah. It was it was Pavekin and another one of them uh, Russians, but I'm damn near positive it's Pavekin. Uh, I'm gonna check on that and I'll let you know real quick. Yeah, but I'm like, dude, he's fought three dudes in a row that didn't speak English. After he said that, if he fought Luis Ortiz and beat Luis Ortiz, he would have absolutely fought Deontay Wilder. He shit the bet on that one. You know, I actually don't mind him curving the fight with Luis Ortiz. He has been in that number one position for a while. And obviously, the Luis Ortiz fight is just too much of a risk for him to lose that number one position. He wants a, a title fight. And if he's going to fight Luis Ortiz, it's a lot of risk with a low amount of compensation. Whereas, if he were to fight someone like Andy Ruiz, yes, he, he is, it's a very good possibility that he could lose that number one uh, contender spot, number one contender spot or mandatory challenger spot. However, it will be worth the squeeze. And I think that's the issue with Luis Ortiz, where that doesn't exist with uh, Andy Ruiz, who's now a draw just because he beat Anthony Joshua. I feel you. No, that makes sense. Um, and I, I don't see anything with uh, Pavekin. I don't, I don't, he did not fight Pavekin. Okay, no, it was somebody else who didn't speak English, but it was, it was like three names in a row. And I'm like, come on, son. Like, that's trash. Um, all right, check it out. Next one up, I think I brushed on this a little bit, but I believe that Dana White and Zufa Boxing make a splash in 2020. I think they get it. They sign somebody big. I think they put on a fight with either Mayweather or somebody like that. But regardless, the UFC, Dana White, Zufa Boxing will make a splash in 2020. You know, and... and I love the bold take there. I, I do strongly disagree. And the only reason I would disagree, and I, I listened to a podcast that spoke a bit about this a while back. Um, how can Dana White jump into boxing and be successful in boxing when he's not paying his fighters in the UFC? Man, can't argue that one. I, I mean, I like, mean, I mean, granted, it's a different model. Um, but the the argument to that could be, hey, all of my fighters are way more popular than all you guys. 
we can make you popular just like that and then you can we can you know get that same money in between with you know endorsements and everything else we can make up the difference we can make you a bigger star we can make we can make you like conor mcgregor who knows the rest of these motherfuckers they can they literally have the ability to be able to say that we made conor mcgregor we can make you but then they have to have fighters to make them with. I, but here's so the they thing. Say, you when, pay when, two when, fighters. You're, when you're willing to throw the bag at something, because somebody's going to get the bag. That first big name fighter that they sign is going to get the bag. When they give that dude the bag, because here's the thing they're not going to get like some bum. They're going to get somebody that all of us are going to say, what the fuck? That's Who, what any, I believe. Any notable I, free agents right now? Regis Progray. I, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he's a notable free agent. So, Josh Taylor was probably the biggest one. Any other? Any other ones? I, honestly, I don't know. I don't. Uh, but I, I believe that, you, uh, that Dana White will make a splash in boxing in 2020. Um, my next bold take. I got two more. For, I got. Man, I, I, I was thinking about this. You, you had a long day, to Fair. Smoke a little bit. <laughs> man, who you telling? Uh, <laughs> uh, but look, Puerto Rico will once again have a star in boxing. It's been a while, but Puerto Rico is primed to have another star. Brooklyn native, top-ranked signed, trained by Andre Rozier. I'm talking about Edgar Berlanga. Edgar Berlanga, right now, signed with top rank. Uh, Bob Arum can't say enough great things about him. This dude is 13-0. He has 13 knockouts and has never been to the second round. 2020 fighter uh, prospect of the year, Edgar Belanga, dude, is going to be an absolute beast. He has an amazing trainer. He has, an, again, he's, he's going to be a push the right way. I have faith in his What weight class? Oh, dude, I'm blanking right now. Uh, I, I, I would let you know. I would let you know. I can't spell his name. I'm not familiar with the guy. Last name B E R L I L A N G A. I'm telling you, dude is an absolute beast. He is a target. This is one thing. Now. Are some of his opponents the best guys in the world? No, they're not. But one thing I will say about him is that he... Oh, dude, he's a middleweight. Gotcha, okay. He's a middleweight that... See, now there's a fight. He gets his belt. He gonna beat the shit out of Jaime Munguia this year. Yeah, I mean... Now, he has power. There's a lot of guys who would beat Jaime Munguia. Well, which brings me to my next hot take. And my final one for the day. Terrence Crawford moves up and becomes the 154-pound world title holder. Yeah, that's 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 a bold take. I I don't agree, but I mean I think it's that's a bold take. Uh, there's he's chasing he's chasing that Spence fight. The bag is too hey, big for that Spence fight. If it uh, they happen, they they, they team, might fight each other at 154. They've been talking about it. He has he's already said it. Um, he says if I don't get any fights coming up soon, I am moving to 154. He's like, I'll make my decision within the next few weeks. Um, I can see Terence Crawford moving up, and if he fights those guys at 154. He absolutely has an opportunity to win a bunch of fights. But there's probably bigger fights to be made with guys moving up from 140 to 147 with Terrence Crawford rather than Terrence Crawford moving up to 154. Because the names, the guy, the guys that want. It seems like he doesn't want to wait for that. For him, it's just like, I got these guys that are right here or I'm moving up and I'm doing something else. I don't think he wants to fight the smaller guys because I feel like everybody who's at 140, he's like, I already, I, I, anybody from down there is somebody that I've already dealt with or has gotten beat or did something. Like, I, I already did 140. I'm not dealing with the small guy coming up. I want to be the small guy moving up. That's the thing for a fighter. I don't want to sit there and all, you're small because now he's looking at it like, I already been there. I've been there, done that. I cleaned out the division. I had all the belts. You only have one or two of them. The belts that you have were my belts, and the only reason you have them is because I didn't feel like having them anymore. That's how he feels. He don't respect those dudes. He don't want to. He don't know. He doesn't. He, he won't fight them. But he don't. He respects the guys at 154 because that's a new challenge. 
That that's how he led. That that's how fight the. That's a challenge. He's gonna yeah, look at a I, challenge. I, I, I can I can definitely see that because he'd get his respect beating anybody aside from this Patrick Teixeira character. Exactly. Um, you know he he would get his respect at 154 if he's right able to win a title from, there. Right from the jump. And that's how and that's how he can sit there and get himself out of that welterweight mix. If y'all ain't give me the fights, I can go over here. I can make that shit happen. I I feel it. I feel it. I. Interesting. Bold take. Bold. Hey, that though my bold prediction of 2020, man. All right. Last thing for the day. UFC 246 McGregor Cowboy Cerrone uh, Las Vegas, Nevada this weekend. Fights at 170. Are you watching? Do you care who's winning? Yeah, definitely watching. I'm a casual UFC fan, so casual UFC fans watch McGregor fights. That's what we do. Right. Uh, so, I mean, yes, sorry, do. Serge. Uh, <laughs> casuals are in your show today. Yeah. Um, I will be watching. I think McGregor wins. I think he wins by knockout. I think the speed is going to be too much for uh, Cowboy Cerrone. So I, I, I think it'll be, be speed. I think, obviously, Cowboy will come out try to implement a game plan where he can somehow way shape or form get McGregor on the on the floor and make his version of what Khabib did to him but you know I don't think we've I don't think we've ever seen like terrible versions of Conor McGregor I think even the Khabib fight I think Khabib is just a much better fighter than McGregor but I don't believe Cowboy Cerrone is a much better fighter than McGregor and if McGregor has found that passion that fire again I think McGregor is going to win by knockout I listened to your show this week you made some you made some great points talking to you (laughs) You made you made some made some great points, but um, I I I like McGregor. Go with McGregor, the casual pick. (laughs) Oh man, that that was the most casual pick ever, man. I'm not mad at it though. I understand it, and and I don't have much else to work with. (laughs) No, I understand, and I and I and I realize that I'm balls deep in MMA, so I know what Donald Cowboy Cerrone has to offer. They make it seem as if Donald Cowboy Cerrone is just some dude. He's not just some dude. Donald Cowboy He's been at the top level for a very long time. I do know that. Donald Cowboy Cerrone has the most wins in UFC history. He has the most knockouts in UFC history. He has the most post-fight bonuses in UFC history. The dude is an absolute dog. And the thing about it is this. We all, everybody's like, well, he's coming off of losses. He don't look as good, blah, 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 blah. We weren't saying that shit back in July, and we look at the people that he actually lost to. He lost to the number one guy in the division. He lost to the guy who hasn't lost in seven years, in Tony Ferguson. And then he fought the number one contender who's after that in Justin Gaethje, who was a essentially a little brother figure to him and a guy who he really said he didn't even want to fight. So he couldn't get himself up for that fight. So he lost to the number one and the number two guy in the division. And we look at it like that's a bad thing. That's not. That's not a bad thing. So then we boil down to we look at Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor has been extremely inactive. And I think in combat sports, specifically in MMA, you need to have some kind of momentum and things like that. The biggest issue with this fight is this. The fight is at 170 pounds. If it was at 155, I am with you all day Every day, Conor McGregor knocks his face off in the first round because Conor McGregor, more than any fighter that I've ever seen, starts, he is the best out the blocks. The dude is like Usain Bolt out the blocks. It's crazy. He's accurate. He's sharp. One of the best I've ever seen out of the blocks. But if you get past the first seven minutes with him, he slows down. He tires. And And guess who doesn't? Donald Cowboy Cerrone is a rhythm fighter that comes on like a wave. Now, who is the better fighter, all-around fighter? That would be Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He's a better wrestler. He's a better all-around striker because he uses more weapons. And he's a better jiu-jitsu guy. It's funny that the narrative is that, oh, man, Cowboy doesn't want to stand with it. Cowboy's a kickboxer by trade. Cowboy was had a, an extensive kickboxing career before he was an MMA fighter. So the fact that people are like, oh, he's going to take him down. Why? Because that's what Stephen A. Smith said to do? 
Only reason I said that, I will say, was because I watched the episode four of their vlog building up to the fight, and it was a question that was actually asked By to Cowboys. a casual bullshit media member who don't know shit. This is this is what I watched, and he, and he made it seem like you know yes, like obviously that's what's he that's what's he want, what he wants to do, but he's not just going to go in there and be able to take down Conor McGregor. Oddly enough, these guys had a lot of respect for each other, which isn't uh, consistent with oh, McGregor's history. Well, here's the, that's a red flag and, to me, and, and that's another thing. That is another thing too. Um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone loses when you're when you're an asshole to him, and you're mean to him. He gets in his head. He doesn't like that. But when you're friendly with Donald and you're hugging and you're high-fiving and doing all that shit, he comes out loose. He's one of the biggest head cases in the sport. If you're an asshole to him, he loses. If you're nice to him, he fucks you up. I've never seen it not go that way. That's why I, that's why I changed my pick from, uh, and I'm picking Cowboy. And the reason I picked Cowboy was honestly because of that little thing. I'm lo- looking at his re- resume, and I haven't, w- admittedly, I haven't watched a lot of Cowboy Cerrone. But however, he's lost at the top level a lot. Yeah, oh yeah, he, but he's also won at the top level a lot. The only yes, thing but, he hasn't but, done, but, the but only he thing had, he hasn't he done had, is won a belt. McGregor's done it multiple times, and I mean the guy, the guys that he's lo- lost against are great, co- great competition. But I mean, we're talking about the elite level. What happens when you make that step up fight? So, I, I, okay, here's here's the counterpoint. Conor McGregor has only fought twice at 155 pounds. Okay, uh, you talking about 155 or 170? 155. He only fought 55 and 70 only twice each. Okay, he lost to Khabib. And he beat at, Eddie Alvarez. Lost to Khabib at what? 55. He does, he's not a 70-pound fighter. He's a 55er. And this sub-fight is at 70? 70. 70. Yeah, because he's not cutting weight. He's actually going to weigh in under 170. He probably weigh in, he said, like 163. So, he did that. Who did he win? He, who did he beat for the title? Do you know? <sighs> McGregor? Yes. Was that Eddie Alvarez or? Since you're on, since you're on line right now, look down uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone's resume. Who else is on Donald Cowboy Cerrone's resume? Who he's beaten? Am I looking for Eddie Alvarez? Eddie Alvarez, yes. In the first round. Beat the shit out of Eddie. He has a few losses to Rafael Dos Anjos, Anthony Pettis. And, but again, Nate, and, then, and, then we, and here's another thing, too. And, and this, is for, Lawyer, this is for all Jorge the casuals. Masvidal, Darren Till. Dog. Yeah, well, again, Jorge, absolute monster. Darren Till fights at 185. That was a 55er fighting at 85er. Okay? So you just don't bring up names if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right, so here's what I'm saying. Yes, he's lost a lot, but again, we're looking at who, he, who he's beat. He's won a lot of big-time fights, too. And that's what I'm saying. We look at Conor like, oh, he's won all these fucking fights. He really has only had one fight at 55. And he, in the fights that he's had at 170, if you look at him at 170, he's much slower, and he fights very different. He doesn't fight the same at 170. Go back and look at the Nate Diaz fights. He's slow. He's not light on his feet. He he starts he started out a lot lighter for the Nate Diaz fights, but he he, he once he, he gasses away, he, 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 he I think he gasses a lot faster as well because he, he, he's he's he, he, that's that's not his weight. I still like McGregor though. No, I understand it. I get it, and that's what I'm saying. I think if anyone's going to bet money, and the only reason I'm saying this is because honestly, I had McGregor most of the week until this last little bit. It's been 50-50 for me ever since. I just don't like the Donald Cerrone slander because Donald Cerrone is a legend. And Donald Cerrone, not only is Donald Cerrone a legend, he has he's a more he's a well more well-rounded fighter than Conor ever will be. But that's a credit to Conor McGregor because a lot of the guys that he has beaten were also more well-rounded fighters than him. Eddie Alvarez is far more, more well-rounded. Um, Jose Aldo, far more well-rounded. But my man has a fucking missile in his left hand, and that shit is different in MMA. He's accurate. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He's, and, he's, and, he's right accurate. He's a solid, solid counterpuncher. Very solid. Very so, solid. So, I mean, and, 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 I mean I, I, I'm not taking anything away from Cow, Cowboy Cerrone, but I do feel as, as if, if Conor McGregor comes ready, he should be able to get him out of there. 
It's hard. For, I, and I, I, it just bothers me when people say that when they don't know Donald Cerrone either. But I agree with you because I, I will. I'm on the same boat. I think the best Conor McGregor beats the best Donald Cerrone. I, now, I'm with does the, you. Does the nice guy act from Conor McGregor alarm you at all? Yes. That's a bit odd. I, yes. I, I was, and it's not. I, I mean, he's a. He does that. I think it's a little bit of you know, he's doing it up for the cameras and all. He's trying to be nice after that whole shit with Khabib. I, I get it. Um, I think he legitimately has respect for uh, for Cowboy, but uh, I, 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 I he got I his money now. He, he, he don't even had his money. But he don't have nothing to prove in terms of like you know. Oh, he I don't has a prove. lot to prove. No, you no, are no, wrong. No, 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 no. No, no wait, wait. Listen, in terms of like I, the more so from being a draw. Like when he was coming up, he had to get the, he had to build himself. Wrong. He doesn't have to do that anymore. And no. he, he made it. He said he made he gonna make like eighty mil for this fight. I don't know how true that is. But. I will listen to episode one seventy four of the Fight Podcast. I break down that fallacy on the on that episode. Um, no way in hell. That you do you know that fight isn't even sold out. That's wild. His fight card's not sold out. Um, there. Uh, Where is it? Vegas. Yeah, it, it's a dude. <laughs> Conor McGregor's draw is dropped, and not only his 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 draw diminished, it, it's proven in a lot of different things. Um, he has more to prove. All the pressure is on McGregor this fight. None of the pressure is on Donald Cerrone. Donald Cerrone can go out there as loose as possible because at the end of the day, you know, it, you know, it, it's if he loses, we've seen him lose. We don't care. And I'm going to be honest with you. The reason he has so many losses on his record is because he fights so often and he doesn't duck anybody. He fights people when he shouldn't fight them. He doesn't take the, He fought four times last year. And he has a UFC record in which he's fought six times in a year, four times. That's why you lose. You lose when you just take fights like whatever, fuck it, I'm a fighter. A real fighter loses fights, and that's why MMA fans love Donald fucking Cerrone. I hear you. I'm I'm not downplaying Donald Cerrone. I just like McGregor this weekend, and we'll get to see it play out. I I definitely agree with you that McGregor has so much more to lose here, but you know we'll see what type of passion really. I think that's what it comes down to. We'll see what type of passion he has left in the tank more than anything else. One thousand percent. All right, real quick before you get out of here, um, one hot take that uh, (laughs) I thought we were done. I I thought we were done. One one more, one more hot take. Uh, I I want to give a, a solid ass apology to Stephen A. Smith. Oh, uh. I'm apologizing to Stephen A. Smith because I called him all kinds of stuff before and I still do not like how he handles certain situations. But you know what, man? I've heard a couple interviews with him and especially the way that he handled the situation in terms with with uh, with Cap and Jay and everything like that. And I've been meaning to talk about this for a while um, and I, it keeps slipping my mind. But hot takes, what the fuck? It was right there. Um, I He's somebody that you know, has worked his ass off. He's been there for the culture. I just wish he wouldn't open his mouth. Like, he's he's trying to entertain, and sometimes he just he just needs to shut the fuck up. Sometimes. And by the way, Molly Kiram, whoever the, what Rose should never be allowed to talk about MMA ever again. And Stephen A. Smith was super disrespectful to Donna Cerrone on first take. The two of them were. Max was cool. The the other two were crazy disrespectful to Donna. I, I, I don't even get to see most of these first take shows. I'd be well into the work day. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, they were I, both, I catch the clips. Yeah, it was bad, man. And it was to the point that, it, like, Donald, you can tell, was like, the fuck? Like, it was pretty much one of those things, like, when they asked uh, Bernie Sanders, they're like, yo, Bernie, did you say women can't be president? And he was like, no, I, no, never, I never said I that. I never said that. <laughs> and then they turned around and was like, oh, that's cool. So, Elizabeth Warren, when this fuck boy said this, what did you think? It's, it, they literally were doing that to Donald Cerrone also. First of all, CNN, fuck you. Speaking of uh, random things I thought were funny, uh, did you see that video of Elizabeth Warren come out maybe a few weeks ago of her dancing, trying to yeah. be relatable, and, and everybody yeah. was just roasting her? Yeah. And I, just, I think Jesus is hilarious. I oh. think he is so funny. Oh, I love he, that dude. He replied to the video. He said, did y'all niggas expect her to do the CB March Madness flip? Funny. <laughs> 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 no, if they, you haven't seen Chris Brown and dancing to March Madness, like funny. you got you got to look it up. But if you know, you know it was hilarious. Man, um, a little political humor. Yo, the brand the is day. strong. 
Oh, the brand is very strong. Man, dog. But, yo, in, in terms of politics, yeah, man, Elizabeth Warren shit the bet on that one. If you, have you paid attention to social media at all? She's getting dragged. She got dragged on MSNBC. Yeah, I, you know, that's not my realm. You about to lose me. Right. <laughs> you, about to, you about to lose me. I'll I be, I be keeping up marginally, but like in terms of like the social media, th- what's going on there? Nah, I, I, I ca- I'm catching the headlines. Oh, man, your boy is out here, bro. I'll be out there focused. Oh, I know you. You featured <laughs> facts, man, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. If you if you, anybody follows me on Twitter, they're like, God damn, this is a lot of political shit. <laughs> yeah, to Sergio, he's big with you about it, just about anything until it gets football. Man, I don't watch that shit at all. That shit's crazy. I got your back. You know, we got it all covered here in a fight podcast. Yeah, so I got your back in football. <laughs> You don't need to have my back. I ain't paying attention to that bullshit. Hey, <laughs> oh, hey, mass-ass league. They, wow. they, they keep on saying, yo, hey, not for blacks. That's what that shit stands for. Um, NFB? Shit. Not for long. Uh, I was like, where did you get the B from? Yeah. Not for losers. I don't know. that, But that's what I'm saying. NFL is trash. Bro, NFL, what's up with all the NFL, black coaches trash. and shit? They they don't they ain't giving nobody no love. Black man from the what's from the from the Cowboys couldn't get into the Hall of Fame. He was hurt yesterday. Hey, look, I, the NFL has a ton of issues, a ton of things that I don't agree with. And if I could, I would. If I could, I would. But I cannot stop watching the NFL. I can't. I can't. It's I can't. easy. I, I did it. I, I just got, turned the TV off. No, he was, dude. He was, my Sundays are back. Fan. It's a beautiful you were, thing. You were a casual fan. Not a fan. casual fan. I was not. I got. I, I have whole friends that are tied to fantasy football seasons uh, literally you know what I, if i don't I never play fantasy, got fantasy football I, if i, I don't play did. fantasy we will not be friends we won't have a relationship literally i, I am so serious like i have whole I, friends tied to football that i just can't stop it's so great this this, this is something that's for me on sundays I, this is my sunday so you know i would love to go on strike but i just I have failed my culture here. I am unable to. <laughs> well, look, it's all good, brother, because you've definitely given your culture so much pride and joy in every other in every other capacity. It is all yes, to the sir. good. Well, brother, I appreciate you as always, man. Great fucking episode. Um, episode 175 of the Fight Podcast. Brandon Camille, the guru at B-Camp. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, I'll see y'all soon. We will be back here next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Peace out. Be good. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yo, that has been episode 175, man. Thank you so much as always to Brandon Camille for gracing us with his presence, man. Always a good time, man. Yo, he and I go back and forth, man. Um, it's always fun talking about fights with somebody who really is just as passionate as I am about it, man. So always a good time having him on the show. Look, man, I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation The fights this weekend are going to be amazing. UFC 246 headlined by Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone is going to be an incredible matchup. The rest of the card is eh, but there's still a lot of really, really great individuals and great fights on that card. If you want a full breakdown of that card and a full preview of UFC 246, check out episode 174 of the Fight Podcast. And if you want a full preview of really deep dive into McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone check out episode 173 all right with that being said man that's about all the time we have for today remember the fight podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats Chicago Sage Eats healthy meals fitness mentoring delivered directly to your home or office right here in Chicago if you're not in Chicago that is totally fine they have something for you. Sage Eats offers also fitness mentoring, fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. So no matter where you are in the country or the world for that matter, Sage Eats is here for you. They write and plan full workouts for you. Check out Sage Eats on their IG page at Sage Eats Chicago or check them out on their website, www.sageeatschicago.com. Again, sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. All right, people. 
that's about all we have for today man we will be back very soon we're gonna break down all the amazing action of the weekend we will be back monday with another amazing episode of the fight podcast i appreciate you guys for listening love you guys deuces